Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism. This is our inaugural episode. Are you excited, boys and girls? Oh my goodness. Very Literally excited. cannot contain myself. And today, we're talking about WAP. There's explicit language in this song, and we're going to talk about it because this is the song that is being talked about, but we're going to talk about it from a Catholic perspective. So, you've been warned. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, where we take a look at art from pop culture and uncover the true, good, and beautiful elements found therein. Let's get started. If you want to support Awaken Catholic and the shows that you're viewing here and that we're making, you can go to awakencatholic.org slash donate and you can make a one-time donation or recurring donation and that makes everything that you see here possible. You can also... Uh, help us out by going to the Hallow app. The Hallow is an app that helps you pray. My wife uses it every night. It's been awesome for her prayer life. I've started to use it a little bit too. And you can, it's a free app, but you can get a free month of premium if you go to uh, hallow.app slash awaken. You can get to that through our website as well. So definitely check that out. All right. You guys ready to talk about WAP? Let's, sure. let's do it. Is let's anybody it. ever really ready to talk about <laughs> well, WAP? If, if you're not ready, uh, you better get ready. So uh, just so everybody knows who everybody is, uh, let's introduce ourselves. Let's start over there with Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't be drinking some of my water. Nope. <laughs> um, greetings, everyone. I am Nick Delatore. I am uh, the president of Awaken Catholic, actually, and it's just such a huge honor. Uh, anytime any of the show hosts invite me to be a part of their shows, uh, and uh, Mr. Tenney, it is of the utmost honor to be a part of your inaugural inaugural um, <clears throat> episode, and I'm also a musician and speaker, and just kind of love Jesus and love helping other people meet Jesus. Hello, <clears throat> I am Angelica Delatore. I am a part of the Awaken team. I am a friend to these folks. I am also a pop artist, which makes today very exciting for me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I'm Mike Tenney. I'm the host yeah. of Pop Culture Catechism, <laughs> and my my only other time on Awaken Catholic stuff is I've helped out with the Daily Word a little bit and that sort of stuff. But uh, I am a Catholic speaker. Are you? Hi, I'm Laura Beeson. Um, I am a beautician by trade, a stay-at-home mother and wife, um, and I, with my husband, we are a volunteer teaching couple with the Couple to Couple League. We've taught natural family planning classes with them for nine years, and that is why I am here to give my insight. That's false humility. The, the truth is we needed her to be here because we needed our token badass. So. Okay, that's true. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what WAP is, it's the number one song in America and has been for a couple weeks. It is um, Cardi B, who's been on the scene for a while, and the last few years has been one of the biggest names in hip-hop uh a rising star along with her is uh in this song is megan the stallion spelled the but pronounced the she is ridiculously good at freestyling and that's how she got famous that's how she got a record deal and over the past few years she's really blown up in the rap industry i think this has taken her from big in the rap world to household name uh this song and so two of them let's uh we can see a, a picture let's throw that up on the screen this is the two of them uh Cardi B there and 
I think they're both uh, there for some kind of a ear, nose, and throat exam. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting COVID tested. Yeah. That's what they're doing. So here's a slightly more normal picture of the two of them. Cardi B there with her hair down. So that's Megan Thee Stallion there with her hair up and flashing her nails. That's who those ladies are. And this song has taken the country by storm. It's the... I don't think it's the first sexually explicit rap song that has become popular, but it's the the first song that's so sexually explicit that has become number one. So it's causing huge commotion. People are discussing stuff uh, about it and have lots of opinions about it. People are saying it's the best thing ever. People saying it's destroying our society and tearing things down. So what we do here is we're going to try to look and find what are the true good and beautiful things that we can see in the song? We'll probably critique it some, and there's probably some problematic elements as well, so we're going to talk about those too. But I want to talk about it from a musical craft perspective, and then we'll get into the themes and the spirituality and the morality of it all. So uh, first of all, like, what do we like about this song? Just when you listen to it, what do you like? <laughs> Laura, <laughs> he's not asking what we don't like. So Laura, <laughs> we'll get to that soon. So just musically, before we get into the themes of the words and lyrics, anything. I like a lot about it. Really? Personally. Tell Let's us. Go for it. First of all, I like a, I like a fat beat. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. One that I can woe to. Uh-huh. Mm. So, <laughs> to woe. Oh, to woe. To woe, to whap. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I love the bass. I love the beat. I... I do some um, spoken word and poetry, mm. and to me, that is what rap is, is, mm. is poetry, and yeah. regardless of, like, the content, um, I love her craft as a poet. Like, yeah, I do, because, I mean, one of the first things, if you were to take, like, a poetry class, is they would say to paint, to use word pictures, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's things like... What do you smell? What do you what do you hear? What do you taste? What do you it's it's in, engaging the senses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so and she is so good at that. Mm-hmm. Obviously incredibly like graphically in this song, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, she really goes yeah, the extra mile yeah. on this. She sure does make you feel like you're there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Don't in terms be. <laughs> in terms of just the craft, like as a poet, as a as a yeah. rap artist, um I really appreciated her ability to to do that. Um, I remember as a writing exercise one time in middle school, I had a, a teacher. She was teaching us that the same thing, like show don't tell. So yeah, I mean, yeah. She took the phrase. It's a dark. It was a dark and stormy night. And mm-hmm. she said, "Tell us it was a dark and stormy night without telling us." Right. Mm. And yeah. we came up with paragraphs about a mm-hmm. stormy night, and it just made it that much better. Yes. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Very interesting. I, I love the uh, so the the beat is. You know, lyrically, it's just saying there's some whores in this house over and over again. And apparently that's like a song from 1993, which, of course, I don't think anyone <laughs> is, is approving of, of that message. But just the kind of like you were talking about, like that beat, something mm-hmm. about repetitive about mm-hmm. that. Um, and I love the pitch down vocals that yeah. pitch it way down. It's kind of brings you in that's the type of thing that um producers will often do to like sample something like Mm -hmm. when you hear a looped thing like that like it's a sample of something but i didn't recognize it certainly um what i was going to highlight about that same part uh the pitched down part where he's saying that um i was just going to say i really like it in art when you can take something super super stripped down super simple and make it sound interesting Mm -hmm. um and I thought that they did that well. If I'm like really trying hard to find things I like about it, I liked that. I, I, I just, I, I, it's okay, it's good, it's okay. you know, yep. yeah. Like I just, I, there's a lot of rap that I do like and hip hop that I do like that I that I've liked 
for years. This just didn't stand out to it, it, Okay, my humble opinion, if it were not for the explicit nature of the song and for the very controversial nature of the song, this would not have succeeded. Mm. Like to me, it is not musically interesting enough mm. that anyone would have given two craps about it. I agree as well. Like I'm not a specialist in music, but I didn't think there was anything too special about it. It wasn't terrible. I mean, you know, but it wasn't great either. But one thing, like if I'm trying to find something that I can compliment, I can appreciate that for Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, I could understand what they were saying. And to oh, me, yeah. that matters. And like, I thought at least there's and that's that's hard something to do. positive, I can yeah, say. Hard yeah. To do. yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, what she was saying, maybe not so much, but. And that's something that people say about Megan is when she freestyles, she's got such good articulation. Right. And mm-hmm. Super and hard she to like do. doesn't take a breath. She's just like, mm-hmm. and she's, you know, she's people put her up there with like Biggie and Eminem and like some of the best freestylers of all time. If you look awesome. up her freestyle she's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, she's talking about stuff that would probably make your mother blush and probably would make me blush too. If I'm honest, the craft wise. Um, and mm-hmm. you're right. It's, it's different. If you remember a few years ago, we had the very popular style. They called it mumble rap. Couldn't understand a thing. Saying. Right. Um, and then the little Johns just yell what over and over again. <laughs> well, let's talk about sexually explicit. If you go back and listen to little John's shots or like flow riders low with the apple bottom jeans, there's definitely, this is definitely not the first time we've had sexually explicit lyrics in hip hop. It's yeah. been, it's been part of hip hop and it's, um, Nick, you and I were talking about ludicrous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, and this song reminds me of ludicrous because it's so over the top. It's hyperbolic. It's, and it's almost like with, with country, it's drinking. Give me two pina coladas, any one for each hand. Like, give me uh, um, it's five o'clock somewhere. You know, they, mm-hmm. they go, it's supposed to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So when Cardi B talks about getting a bucket and a mop <laughs> or macaroni in a pot or like it's, it's supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah. Like the yeah. music oh, yeah. video has water like pouring out of the house. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be right. ridiculous yeah, and over yeah. the top. So. Yeah. Well, I just feel like that's who Cardi B is, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. she just is ridiculous. I don't know. Very bombastic. So, very. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. I kind of like her for. <laughs> but in certain areas. Yeah. 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 Well, and uh, she's Catholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you were telling me about um, kind of the, the thing that you had learned about her pregnancy. Yeah. So so apparently when she was younger, she had two abortions. Recently, within the past couple of years, she got pregnant and um, people were saying you're at the height of your career. You've just like gone big with Bodak Yellow and you're, you know, like, why would you stop and have a child here? And she said, I'm going to put it to you straight. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> like, <laughs> why do I have to choose? Like, mm-hmm. I can I can I can do both. So there were some pro-life people that were like, yes, Cardi B, women should not have to choose. They should be able to have a career and have a child and society should not put women in that position women shouldn't even be put in that position well so. it's an over oversimplification that happens on purpose mm-hmm. our society has often put women in that no-win situation where they feel like they have to make this awful choice um i don't know if we're still kind of talking about what we liked mm-hmm. musically yeah, yeah, yeah. okay well i have things that like more pro- like so we can Ooh, okay okay Profound. um so even in you mentioning that she's catholic i know some people might hear that and be like there's no way blah blah, blah mm-hmm. if you wouldn't put this song out but so I, I'm aware that there's a history, um, or I think you were telling me that she used to be a stripper. Yep. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that I was just feeling as I was listening to the song 
and really wanting to hear like the gold, Mm. like the positive things in it. I was thinking about the trajectory that we have as humans in our healing journey. Mm. And like for her, this song, and, and even as somebody who has experienced some degree of sexual trauma, which whether or not you might agree with this, I think if you were a stripper, you probably had some Mm -hmm. sexual trauma, some experiences that were traumatic. Mm -hmm. Um, And oftentimes when you're healing from things like that, you do swing hard on the opposite end Mm -hmm. of the, so it's Mm -hmm. like the victim wants to take their power back. Right. And so as I was listening to this, I was like, yes, it's graphic. Yes. Some people would just absolutely throw shame on her for this, but, but our healing journey is not an uphill a perfect uphill yeah. trajectory. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of her and her past and, and healing and her taking her power back in that, that's a messy thing to do. I just felt like there is beauty in this, even if it's also ugly, mm-hmm. yeah. just thinking mm-hmm. about her past and, and yeah. So. Thank you for sharing. Cause I'm sure there are a lot of women and probably some men too, who have had a, a similar experience. So thanks for throwing that in. I think a lot of times, when people see the messiness or they see people in progress, I mean, we're all in progress, right? Mm-hmm. We're all messy. Down mm-hmm. mess. mm-hmm. um, Speak for yourselves. <laughs> Nick is not a mess. The rest of us are a mess. Um, that a lot of times people will see somebody, a Catholic doing something, saying something and they say, Oh, well you're not a real Catholic mm-hmm. right. or you that's, can't be Catholic yeah. if, and like, I get what they're saying. What they're trying to say is like, that's not what you're supposed to be as a Catholic. Like, you're supposed to right. be light and salt, mm-hmm. but in our baptism, like there's an indelible mark on our soul because you don't get kicked out of God's family for being a stripper or being promiscuous or whatever. And God is there waiting, you know, running you down with his overwhelming, never ending, reckless love. You aren't not Catholic just because you are promiscuous or you believe some of the wrong things like God's God's got you. Yeah. 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 We either believe that the sacraments are real and that they yeah, leave an indelible mark on us or don't and if she was baptized catholic and if she still even mm-hmm. says you know that about herself yeah. you know there's something to be said that i mean there's a reason why she still still identifies as right. catholic whether she practices the way she should or not is mm-hmm. one thing but but there's still something that we can know that god is always working through those sacraments at least the sacrament of mm-hmm. baptism we know yeah. she had to to draw her to him mm-hmm. so yeah. And I think it also speaks to um, that notion that there are um, there are some mortal sins that are worse than other mortal sins. And, and like the confusion about the way we pigeonhole certain acts just because they they seem more depraved than others to us, whether it's like our, our environment being raised in the faith or in, in our culture, the way that our culture kind of puts different acts into different um, boxes or categories of, of severity. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality there's mortal sin and there's venial sin. And like, there are so many people walking around that'll look at a song like this and be so repulsed and Mm -hmm. disgusted by it, but then they're going to go home and masturbate. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's just as much of a sin as whatever was going on in that Mm -hmm. song. You know, like it's so easy to look at each other and, and to think so highly of yourself Mm -hmm. because someone else is doing something that grosses you out. when, when really, we all suck. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're all doing the best we can. And I, and that kind of reminds me of what you were saying, Angelica, like this kind of represents Cardi B as, as a person who, you know, as, as a woman and women in our society are, are the victims of men, uh, sexualizing them from mm-hmm. such a young age mm-hmm. and whatever, 
uh, journey she had towards being a stripper, like she is a victim of that journey, even though she obviously made choices in that. And, you know, it's, it's also widely known that she boasts about having drugged men to rob them and stuff. Um, like she made a ton of mistakes in that, that are her choice, but she was predisposed to a lot of those choices because she's a victim of the journey that she was on as well. And we should have charity and compassion towards people for their sin and, and, and realize we are sinful. And that's what Jesus is getting at with the, you know, before taking the splinter out of someone's eye, take out the log from your own freaking eye socket, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of times we think sexual sins are the worst. Right. You know? Where it's yeah. like, what's, what's, what's like the prime cardinal sin? Yeah. Pride. Pride mm. is the root. Like that's, that's it, you know, and, and other stuff flows from that. Um, C.S. Lewis uh, talks about this in Mere Christianity when he's talking about sex. He says that a lot of times we, we think that sex is like the worst thing um, or sexual sins are the worst sins. But he says most of the time those are sins of weakness. They're not mm. sins of malice and mm. sins of malice are almost Oof. always worse. So uh, that's this, good. he's good. good. He's, he's a good G. Stuff. I want to um, before we get too much into thematic yeah, yeah. stuff, I want to think things we don't like musically before we get into thematic stuff. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, don't care to words to <laughs> of this part of song. the music. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, again, I can appreciate that they can enunciate it really well, um, mm -hmm. but what they're enunciating, uh, I would find fault with. But, um, but I kind of going back to what you're talking about. It's like I also didn't. Grow up in urban New exactly. York City and yeah. stuff. So, I mean, I don't necessarily automatically just say, oh, this, I mean, sorry, I don't say this person's going to hell because she speaks in this way or, you know, raps in this way because I don't know. I didn't live her life journey. And um, so she has a lot to learn maybe through her Catholicism, but, <laughs> but yeah. we'll see where that looks. Yeah. I, I, I have this deep thing within me that I'm not a fan of critiquing other people's work, so I don't have mm -hmm. anything. Right. Cool. We can yeah. move on. Yeah. Are ready to move on? Uh, I'll just say, as a producer myself, um, who produces my own music as well as music for other artists, one of the things that stuck out to me immediately and really like, like grinded on my being was how basic the production is on the song, how simple it is. And some songs like are really aiming for that very simple sound and and it really adds a lot um but it was almost like all i could think of is all they're trying to do is not distract from the lyrics like they are mm. really really milking then are they geniuses for no that's that? the point it's okay. obviously a very genius move um because that is their end is that mm. they know that the only thing about this song that's going to make I it see. take off is the lyrics mm -hmm. so let's not let anything else get in the way musically and that to me the bare bones nature of the beat and everything in other songs, I love a bare bones beat that like the way in which it's bare bones is a highlight for the song. Mm -hmm. In this case, it just felt like it was just an extra spotlight on the words mm -hmm. and like, they were words that I don't like. So. But it was also said that, she, I mean, they she had written this song back in 2019, but they were revisiting it and producing it during the quarantine. Mm -hmm. So like, is there something I mean, I don't know because I don't produce me music. Is there something to be said for producing it from home when you're. Uh, I don't you know. know I mean? Maybe <laughs> most things are being produced from home nowadays. Okay, so. okay, not not when you have their budget. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So. okay, but maybe I mean, it's a fair I like question. The, it's like a fair the, question. I'm just asking because yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah totally. Know so let's let's get into kind of spiritual thematic themes. And again, this is a sensitive topic. 
I definitely want to be sensitive because, well, for one reason, I'm a guy and we're here talking about two women and their sexuality and we're going to do some evaluating and talk about some of it in a critical light. And so I just, I, I always try to, uh, whenever I talk about sensitive topics in public, I always like to say that I'm not coming from a place of judgment, like I'm a sinner and I screw up all the time. And, and I might even screw up in what I say here. I'm sure I will screw something up. But uh, I think it's, that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it. And we're not here to judge these women as people like we're, we're, we're judging the song and its content, but these are daughters of God. These are our sisters in Christ. So we're not judging them as people. I think mm -hmm. they're public personalities who have put their ideas out there in public and we can judge those and discuss the merit of those and their value for society. Um, but I, so that's, that's the first thing I, I want to say. Um, Second thing I want to talk about is just the title, and I'm going to say it, Wet Ass Pussy. You said it. I said it, and here's, hey. why, here's why I said it. I want, to, I want to talk about the power of the word and the terminology, because if you look at the music video for this song, it replaces Wet Ass Pussy with Wet and Gushy. They don't say the name of the song, mm -hmm. but yet... So the F word, the S word. I don't know why I'm censoring some and not censoring others. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we already gave you the parental advisory on yeah, this one. Yeah, I already so. gave you the parental advisory. Sorry. So, um, but like, why, what is it about that word that mm -hmm. is different than saying vagina or vulva or any other word you might choose for a woman's genitals? Whatever. Like, what, it, what is it? And is, is it, is it degrading? Is it disrespectful? Is it... What is it? I just wanted to talk about that with you guys. So, so. to clarify, in the music video, because I didn't catch this, you're saying that they, they don't, don't say, say that word, but they say like they say the wet, F word. They say they wet say... and gushy, and they say the F word, and they say... Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I think there's different versions. There are different you're versions. You're referencing like uh, more the edited So there's like version. a half-edited version? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. huh. Girls, do you have any insight into that? Sorry. I literally have nothing to contribute oh. to that because my, like the muscles and joints in my jaw, like I literally cannot <laughs> okay. bring myself to produce the sounds. And that's, that's not, that's not what I normally call yeah. it. Um, so, um, we're just talking, <laughs> we're just talking about many what the P stands for, right? What the, the P stands like, for, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, again, this, I, I was having this conversation with my husband because um, you know, it's easy to just be like, uh, to totally write somebody off who speaks that way that they kind of, I mean, look down on them or whatever. But for me, I'm like, okay, I don't feel comfortable using that language. I would find it vulgar, but again, we're all made up from our family of origin and what we grew up in and the culture around us. And so something that seems um, vulgar or inappropriate to me doesn't necessarily translate the same way to somebody else who grew up in a totally different um, atmosphere. And so, and even like, I, I kind of said to my husband, like, even if we stop thinking about it being the woman's genitals and we talk about male genitalia, well, there's a million other words that men use you know, nicknames for their <laughs> genitalia. So why is True. that okay? Um, and you wouldn't blink an eye, but like for a woman to be using this word that you find vulgar, it's not okay. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it. it's, I'm well, not trying to say it's okay, yeah. but yeah. I'm also trying to say, you know, 
people live in different worlds and I don't know. <laughs> I will say that even for the male genitalia, like there are words that I feel weird saying, so I don't, sure. you know, mm-hmm. so I, sure. I don't know that universally they're acceptable versus the women's, but mm-hmm. like I personally struggle just as much with one or two of the men's. Right. Uh, sure. Nicknames. But like, let's say you meet somebody who they would have no problem saying it, right. but you can still be friends oh, with Oh, a hundred percent. I wouldn't flinch. I mean? like, yeah. So that's just where I'm at. I, like, I know women who talk about their bodies similar to these ways or whatever, or if they're talking about the chest, they use different words that I wouldn't use, but you know, I don't know. They're comfortable using it. And mm-hmm. as long as they're not saying it around my kids, I guess I'm yeah. <laughs> not going to be censoring them. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, um, <clears throat> there's a podcast called stuff you should know. It's, it's popular, but they did one on profanity one time and they okay. like looked at profanity throughout cultures and mm-hmm. throughout times. And they said, Profanity always, almost always has to do with God and sex okay, and mm-hmm. the bathroom, like those yeah. three topics sure. across cultures and places. And for some reason, we just kind of have it built into us as humans that those things have a certain taboo around them. Um, I think I would say there's, there's a certain sacredness around them. You know, mm-hmm. I think even little kids at a certain age start to get shy, their privacy. And so I think um, talking about private parts in a public way i think mm-hmm. it's it's intended to shock i think it's 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 intended to shock on it's on purpose but that's also like why it makes us go oh like why are we talking about this in public mm-hmm. that's a that's a private um i i i appreciate what you said about you know and i think that's much of the 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 backlash to the backlash of people saying oh it's mis- the criticisms are misogynistic is is people saying well why why when this song comes out you know ben shapiro and other people talking about it but there's tons of other sexually explicit rap songs yeah. where there's guys talking about their stuff and yeah why did that not get as much of a reaction mm-hmm. um, i would say because it wasn't number one for several weeks like why why did this song get such a reaction like there's there's something um like i think I can probably speak for all of us here and we say that we believe in the fundamental dignity of both men and women mm-hmm. and that that dignity Absolutely. is equal, but yet there's something mysterious about men and women that is not the same. Mm-hmm. And, and equal doesn't quite, have to mean the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, right. But there's, that's really hard to define. And anytime you start to define it too strictly, it gets like, yeah. You can't really do it. And so. that was something that really struck me when I watched it. So like feminism over the last several decades has taken the form of um, women wanting not just men's rights, which is a fair thing to, to want to have similar rights, um, but they it's almost like feminism has taken the form, radical feminism has taken the form of becoming like men, not just having the same rights, but like you see radical feminists it's sometimes they're like, oh, that, that person's a feminist because they're kind of boyish. It's obvious mm-hmm. with the haircut. And like, it, there's almost like this ad, ad, uh, adoption, uh, less of like a, a foundation of like confidence in their own sexuality, but more like trying to adopt another one. And what we see, what is really interesting to me about WAP is it kind of turns away from that traditional radical feminism. And it like redefines this idea of feminism as like, not only like a fully embracing your own sexuality as a woman, but like really uh, owning it and be feeling empowered by it. And then not, not only not imitating men, but instead dominating men, mm-hmm. which we see in the lyrics very literally, like she wants her husband worshiping her. 
not only worshiping her, worshiping her body part. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of this interesting pivot in what the idea of, of feminism looks like. Uh, and that's what struck me almost instantly when I when I took in the song the first time. It's not just empowering myself to be like a whole version of myself, but it's empowering me to have power over another person. Yeah. Almost, which is what we, you know, we often see in music, especially in hip hop, to have men talking about having power, sexual power over women. And so I think that this is supposed to be kind of a reversal of that. And I think that's why some people are saying this is empowering mm-hmm. for women. Um well, and again, with, um, I mean, I just feel like you could talk to most therapists and they would explain that a trauma response to a victim is mm-hmm. to then want to take that power and often mm-hmm. it is abused. And that's how you have the cycle. Of people. Mm-hmm. So some, some lyrics that, that come to mind here, there's a lot of explicit things here. So, um, <laughs> that he's gonna like pay her tuition, um, that he's gonna, she's gonna ask for a car lyrics <laughs> you're, you're saying yeah. the least there yeah, he's like dodging all the really bad parts do you want, do you want me to wrap yeah. well i'm just no. I'm trying to find the part so what, what i'm looking for is the parts where it's it's very obvious that i am giving you sex and then you are giving me whatever i want yeah so it's it's yeah, transactional so, yeah it's very transactional so ask for a car um the, those sorts of things that there's there's something that she is using him for but isn't it also like her even identifying her own hypersexualization, though, like I'm super sexual, and so I'm going to use this thing to my benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, you pay for my mm-hmm. things, yeah. and yeah. you know, and so it's like idolizing to your own body and mm-hmm. or your own mm-hmm. uh, sexual drive in that, that way. That reminds me of like the idea that men in their own rap and in life um like it's so easy for for men to fall into the trap of like using women mm-hmm. for their bodies and it's almost like cardi b saying no i'm gonna take the reins and i'm gonna use my body yes mm-hmm. yeah not that's you okay. that's what i see it so, yeah and and yeah. kind of talking about yeah after you have sexual trauma mm-hmm. like you want to have the power and so i see i at least that's what i hear a lot from these lyrics is mm-hmm. i i have this power with my Mm-hmm. sexuality i want to talk next about power and sexual empowerment because i think you were talking about feminism some people hear feminism and they think ah oh, that's terrible that's an awful terrible awful thing but other people hear feminism and they think wow that's one of the best things of the 20th century so when you're talking about feminism it's important to clarify what you mean by feminism exactly by feminism like i'm a big fan of the podcast the catholic feminists and I think John Paul II was a feminist in lots of ways, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's different branches. So, like if you're a John Paul II feminist, that his type of philosophy was called personalism, and you uphold the dignity of the person. You never want to use the person as an object. The person is always a person. Um, but then there's other brands of, of feminism, and some feminists are very much influenced by Marx and Marxism. The idea that there's always this constant power struggle between the haves and the have-nots and the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. Those who have, and the only way you get those who don't have power is to take it from those who have. And you see that influencing feminism in some ways, kind of like what you were saying. The men had the power by dominating women sexually and in other ways. And so they see that the only way women are going to equalize that power differential is to fight, fight fire with fire. 
John Paul II and the Catholic perspective would say that both people in that situation end up being disempowered because one person ends up being an object of use and then the other person ends up being an oppressor and then they become enslaved to that use of power and they become an addict to overpowering other people and to the pleasure that they get from it. And so both people are actually degraded through this act and neither one is empowered. So I want to talk about what does real sexual empowerment look like for, for both men and women? Well, I mean, I just have quick thoughts even on NFP. Like, um, I was so empowered when language was used about my body that I didn't have to feel shame about. And now I use it all the time. And when people cringe, I'm like, you're the problem. Let's, yeah. Let's use that language. What like, language for example... About? Uh, you can't say cervical mucus around people without them being like, oh, what are you, what, what, what's happening? Mm -hmm. But that's the most beautiful. And that's, and that's also, I hear that's what this wet ass pineapple. <laughs> and, and that's what I think of is like, yes, cervical mucus, like all praise because God made that. And it's the most incredible thing ever. Why is it so incredible? Tell me. Well, when you, if you ever take NFP or whatever, <laughs> you just learn that it's like one of the most magical I mean, and listen, listen, a woman can know exactly what's happening in her body just by studying the different kinds of cervical mucus, when it occurs, mm -hmm. what it looks like, what it. But, but part of why it's magical is that if there's like, there's almost nothing in this universe I could think of more powerful or magical than the creation of a new life. And right. that is when a woman's body is most predisposed to, I mean, Laura, I'm not going to speak on this because you're here no, because okay. you'll speak on it way better than me. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but even in just a woman being empowered and learning her body. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just love cervical mucus mm -hmm. for that reason, yeah. because it tells you so much about what's going on. So you'd be a great student to have because you would not be so shy and like weirded out by it. Um, like, because I talk about this stuff all the time and I don't get weird about it because I guess, I don't know, it's my job. And I, I, I decided that even if it was a little bit uncomfortable at first to begin teaching natural family planning, because like, this is stuff that needs to be talked about because women don't know about their own bodies and it's ridiculous. And they feel embarrassed and, to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And we were, it's just unfortunate because it's great that we give our middle school, you know, age girls a changing bodies talk and that's great. But it just, there's no way that it should stop there for women um, I just feel like we should have like whole courses during high school or at least college, yeah. you know, for women to be able to understand and know what's going, going on with their body because cervical mucus is a naturally occurring thing that women will think is something is wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when we start teaching yes. some women, they'll be like, oh, wow, now that you're mentioning this. I do have that. And I just thought there was something <laughs> right weird with me, exactly. you know, or I just thought maybe, you know, there was something wrong, you know, and it's like, no, you're mm -hmm. fine. You're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this is your body. It's natural response, the way it should be working. Um, and, and I think that it's just a disservice that we haven't created something. And I, I will say, I don't think it's like the Catholic Church's job to necessarily come up with this cur curriculum. But I think that there um, are good Catholic doctors or 
I don't know. Well, that's, that's what sucks that- is it has to be a Catholic doctor because somehow it's not happening at medical school either. Well, yeah. I mean, there is there is a lack because there's so much for them to learn. Mm-hmm. They have to, sure. you know, they can't. And unless you're specializing in, you know, OBGYN, um, gynecology, you're not going to really get into that necessarily. And even there, it's lacking. They don't necessarily understand what we mean when we talk about natural family planning nowadays. I mean, the rhythm method is still part of that. So I always try to not like totally look down on that because some people use it and that's fine. Again, it's within church teaching. So you should be happy if mm-hmm. some people are using that. But um, ours, when usually when we're talking about natural family planning, it's a totally uh, science-based individual biology based mm-hmm. um, charting of a woman's body and so you can have just a good understanding of what's going on is her kind of speaking to that about women mm-hmm. um, talking about this thing that's going on with them that mm-hmm. we don't talk about um, but Again, I would be curious to know what she understands or knows about that because there's so much more than just sexual arousal mm-hmm. to, to have cervical mucus be a part of your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's also just a part of your um, body's cycle. So. And even like you can understand what's happening emotionally when mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. what's happening with like yeah, it's all just so integrated. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yep. You were talking about. Um, how women ought to sometimes just don't know what's going on with their bodies. Mm-hmm. And do you think that that's the reason why a song like this has struck such a chord? Yes. And I, I think it's, I mean, I think that a lot of times people identify celebrities as like what they should live up to. Right. Mm-hmm. So that uh, mm-hmm. super sexually confident woman, I think is what they're seeing with Cardi B. Um, and I would still question that <laughs> with mm-hmm. about Cardi B. like. Mm-hmm. Um, really understanding. I, I would. What I would say is that she could have a better understanding of her body, a better understanding of sexuality. But um, yeah, I think that's like drawing women, girls, to appreciate this song coming from her or her willingness to talk about it. I guess. can. I ask for those who may not be familiar. Can you just give us a quick rundown of what is NFP and what is the Rhythm Method? Sure. <laughs> Okay, um, so natural family planning is basically just fertility awareness, um, knowing your body, and there's different methods. So I don't ever claim to be a natural family planning expert because there's so much to know, so many different methods. But the one that I um, am certified to teach with is the symptothermal method, and that's where you monitor a woman monitors her basal body um, temperature her cervical mucus and even her cervix sign if she wants to. Um, and so with that information, like we encourage, because I teach with the couple to couple league. So we encourage a couple to learn that together. Mm-hmm. So again, that the, the responsibility of sex or having or not having babies is not just a woman's responsibility, but if you both know the information, mm-hmm. you're both able to make that risk, that, Um, decision responsibly together and that's the point is that you know you should be communicating with your spouse um, and uh, respecting the woman's body and her natural cycle because like I always say it's not 
our fault that men are fertile all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. lucky for you guys. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're not fertile, and that's what natural family planning does is helps you identify when you're fertile, when you're not fertile. Um, and the rhythm method was like kind of where it started back in the early 1900s. Like the Atari version, kind of. Yeah, oh um, and it's it's what a lot of our grandparents used, and mm-hmm. you know they have a lot of kids because it wasn't necessarily very effective um, because there was only a small percentage of women that those rules really work effectively mm-hmm. for. Um, but like I said. The methods that are out there now are more about each couple understanding that wife's individual biology and her fertility and then using that information to make PlayStation 5. Sure. (laughs) We've upped the technology. We know more now. Can I go back to your question about um, why it's becoming such a huge... forget exactly how you were. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, just a second, because you talked about how it's... One of the beautiful things that NFP does, it makes it not just like the woman's responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that in this song. There's actually several references in here to the man pulling out. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There's the Mm -hmm. this is a concern of the woman is, hey, we're having sex and you're having a good time. But like, I might have real consequences to Mm -hmm. deal with here. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you don't get to have that on me. I'm getting a car out of you and we're having a good time, <laughs> yeah. but we're not having it. So I, I just wanted to point out mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm. that concern is, is in the song. That it's all think, on her. Too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great response from the Catholic point of view that says it was never supposed to be that way in the first place. Mm, that's right. huge. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Go ahead. No. Yeah. Totally. Um, so I think the only times that our culture has talked about the woman's body has been under the umbrella of shame or mm. under the umbrella of of the man like dating. And so I think that's why this song is exploding because women are grabbing onto it because they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm finally being talked about. And it's not under either of these two umbrellas. Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. all we've ever known. Yeah. But in a conversation we had, you blew my dang mind. Oh boy. I did not realize I did that. The, um, Oh, what was it? The thing with Hugh Hefner. And hmm. if you could please take that down. Cause it's so good. Well, so Christopher West, uh, who um, saved my life, uh, both, you know, physically and spiritually. Um, and that's a story for another day. But um, he gives this great uh, explanation in his presentations about how um, around the same time in history, uh, Hugh Hefner, uh, we had been we had been over the centuries um, referring to women's bodies with shame and uh, like you're saying with male domination and stuff and saying, no, our bodies are bad. Uh, and it's not just women's bodies, men's bodies too. And so our bodies are bad. So, you know, crumple up this beautiful painting and throw it in the trash. And that's what we'd been doing through most of history. And Hugh Hefner realized what we were doing and he reached into the trash. Hugh, who is Hugh Hefner? Just seems Okay, sorry. Hugh Hefner yeah. uh, started Playboy magazine. Is he still alive? No, he's dead. So. He's largely considered part of why porn became so mainstream in a pre-internet world. Right. right. Widely accepted. Right. Yeah, so so he pulled uh, this crumpled up uh, beautiful uh, painting out of the garbage and said, look how beautiful this is. Um, and that's what he did through the kind of initiation of like this whole industry of pornography. What he was trying to do is, you know, he was acknowledging like we've been shaming and throwing away this beautiful thing. Mm. Uh, but he missed a step. And in the same uh, rough time frame in history, Pope John Paul II and, you know, Carol Wojtyla before he was Pope, 
he saw the exact same thing, this crumpled up painting, uh, and he saw it in the hands of Hugh Hefner and in whoever was, um, you know, observing this beauty, but in the wrong context, seeing it uh, with the wrong perspective. And he took this crumpled up painting and uncrumpled it and expanded it to show you guys are missing what this actually is. And he showed that to the world through his theology of the body, his, his teachings on human dignity and sexuality. And, um, and that to me is like the difference between, you know, similarly, like I, I would put this song in the, the, the same uh, spirit as what Hugh Hefner was trying to do. Like, Hey, we are not addressing this and we should be, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's missing the mark just like Hugh Hefner was. And the church offers us the fullness of revelation about, or at least uh, it offers us an accurate revelation about the, the human person and our sexuality and what we were meant for, what our bodies were meant for, what WAP was meant for, mm. or WAP, whatever. Because <laughs> it was meant for something. It was. God and created it's incredible. WAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, one of my favorite quotes from John Paul II when he's talking about pornography is he says, The problem with pornography is not that it shows too much, but that it shows too little. Oh, is, snap. Yeah, exactly. Like it shows, it shows the body. Jelly will be back later after she's done crying. <laughs> it shows the person, it shows, it shows the person's body without the person. It, and so that's why uh, even a lot of times you see women in advertisements, they're just made into body parts, right? You have mm-hmm. just a woman's leg or just a woman's breast or just mm-hmm. a woman's butt selling things. They're like literally turned into objects. I'm just um, confused why they haven't used my butt. <laughs> I don't think anyone else is. <laughs> Alrighty then. Nick, we're going to um, unravel that, that so, painting. <laughs> no, let's not. So I would say the same thing about this song. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, we're not shaming this song. Yes. Like, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, like, they are beautiful, beloved children of mm-hmm. daughters yeah. of God. God loves them infinitely. And we're and so happy they took the, the piece of... Yeah, we're the, so happy. Uh, they took it out of the trash, they took it right? Out, and here we are all talking yeah, about it, yeah. and we're better for it. Um, so uh, here, here's my question to, um, young women and men listening to this song and feeling like, yeah, this is empowering macaroni in a pot. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is great. Um, what, what do we have to say? Like, how do we, un- how do we uncrumple this? Let's, mm-hmm. let's uncrumple this. What is, what is, what is real healthy, empowering intimacy look like? Can I throw something out there? Do it. Your body women but in particular my wife (laughs) your body is amazing and beautiful and powerful and so powerful that god wants through your body and your hopefully husbands to literally create life create existence that did not before that exist and he wants to cultivate love and um it's powerful it's beautiful and it's huge it's literally the most important thing period and don't sell yourself short um by by underusing what god has blessed you with uh, or by by uh, un, um by a lack of understanding and a lack of respect for what you are and we are all so huge like thomas merton talks about like standing on a street corner and just looking around at everyone and thinking to himself if i could just show them how brightly they're all shining i think what nick is trying to say alina oh gosh oof body is one less not in two body is one less so much work for that <laughs> 
And it was worth it. It was so right? worth Babe, your body yep. is a wonderland. Uh, I'll show you around well later. Done, John I'll show Bear. you around later, babe. Good, good. Yeah. Um, great. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. What else? Uh, yeah. Talk more. What, how is sex really powering from health? Well, I'm going to speak to women and just say that, you know, our bodies, Catholic Church, you know, is for us, for our bodies, be used properly and in the right way, which is in a loving context. And that that's just not random sexual encounters. Um, it's meant to be a meaningful sexual encounter between a husband and a wife. And that also is meant to be enjoyable. and. Um, we, we have to figure out how to like educate, um, young couples about that too. And women about their bodies, because I feel like it's just lacking right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I do really appreciate that, uh, book by Christopher West, uh, good news for mm, sex, sex and marriage. marriage, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is really good book for people. I'm just going to throw it out there in case somebody needs like, um, they want a question answer format for we'll put like, a link in the bio what, for what's, description. you know what's okay what the church says is okay or not okay within the sexual context um, but also um, I think it's okay to reach out to natural family planning instructors and ask them for help ask them you know the questions that you have about your bodies um, or about sex and I know it's embarrassing you know, it's hard because we were saying like, you know, you feel shame or you feel embarrassed. I, I always hope somebody is willing or or wanting um, if they want answers that they would just ask me because I'm not going to be embarrassed. I don't mm -hmm. mind. And you're probably not asking anything that hasn't been asked or gone through people's head million times i think that approach of having couples mentor other couples is so important um because i love our priests and they're great teachers but there's something like they can understand the, like the philosophy theology and all that which is important in the spiritual mm -hmm. side but you get in the bedroom and there's just some things they're not going to understand nor are they meant to mm -hmm. understand yeah like there's something that's meant to be coupled to right. couple and i i know for me and my wife that having some marriage mentors has been so important to us mm -hmm. and um, sometimes it can be your parents but sometimes it's not because maybe your, your parents mm -hmm. weren't aren't able to have those conversations or, or ever sometimes it's going to be somebody at your church but i think it's hard but it is totally worth investing some time and some effort into finding a couple that that can walk with you that can mentor you we talk to you as about mm -hmm. sex is mm -hmm. that is that can we take you out to dinner um secluded dinner <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that humility to acknowledge that and to openly acknowledge that you want to ask for, about something so sensitive like mm -hmm. we need to be so humble enough and not feel like we have to prove something like oh i, I got this you know mm -hmm. like and we we just set this expectation on ourselves that leads us to we're setting ourselves up for failure because we're not willing to just be humble and be like can I ask you about some weird crap? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because everything we see on TV is sex is easy, right? right. Yeah. Just yes. two people look at each yes. other the right way and then they kiss and then they kiss some more and then everyone's having orgasms and it's all yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, and that's not how it works for most people most of the time. Wait, what? So. <laughs> we definitely, I mean, the thing is, is that we've definitely heard from other couples say that about how like, you know, they follow church teaching, they, they waited till marriage for sex. And then, you know, they're expecting it to be this magical 
wonderful, easy thing. And it turns out being really hard. And they're just like, the heck, like, you know, mm-hmm. unwed teenagers are getting pregnant, no problem, and having wild sex. And we, you know, follow church teaching and we're having such a struggle. And so it's like, I don't know. They just need to join high school again and look at pregnant right away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the answer is exactly um, right now because I don't know of like programs out there exactly how to help with this problem. But I definitely, I guess this is me calling out to the Catholic world of sexually, medically enlightened people to like maybe put something together out there for couples mm-hmm. that need the help. Oh, like if they're struggling with infertility? Not no, infertility, like, like, sexual intimacy problems. Okay, got you. Yeah. Physical yeah. and emotional. Yeah. 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 Sorry, mm-hmm. I was confused because of the high no. school thing. Mm-hmm. I got you. No, well, yeah. and I, I think especially when people have, maybe, maybe, maybe they waited until they're married and now they're having issues. Maybe they didn't wait till marriage and they have some baggage. They yeah, have some right, trauma. Right, right, totally. And then they're going into married life trying to have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. and then it and maybe they're thinking what's wrong with me am i broken forever and i've i've friends that have that have walked that journey too mm-hmm. and um i think it's just so important to reach out for help so many mm-hmm. people just feel like oh, something wrong with me why isn't mm-hmm. this better where do i turn i don't know where to turn and I might need to step out of my comfort zone. I might need to get over my own securities uh, a little bit. And I don't mean to be flippant in the way I say that because I know it's it's hard and people have, have real baggage and it's hard to move past that. It's not easy, but I really think that's the only way that we can get the help we need is if we seek it out and we make that effort. We need help. Yeah. You know? um, even Jesus needed companions. If Jesus had companions, like... I, I need companions, right? We all need companions. If Jesus needed it, we need it too. Jelly, what are your thoughts? Well, just going back to your question, which I love so much about like, what would we tell women? I think this was your question. Somebody mm-hmm. said about real sexual empowerment. Um, I think I would say to, and this has been my, you know, part of my journey, like really get in the habit of checking in with your body. Cause we are so integrated. So as you take in music or hmm. um, any resources, so music, books, uh, conversations with people, check in with your body. And there's often three things that we do. We either have conversations or listen to music or whatever that makes us shrink and do this in our body, right? So that, there's one, that's probably the most common. Or um, we harden over, which is often the middle finger like, I'm, I'm um, a woman. Yeah. I'm blah, tough, blah, blah, yeah. blue. Yeah. Right. Um, Not that women can't be tough. Absolutely. And but the the middle ground that I am personally coming into and and on a journey is just what does it look like for you to stand tall in these things? So if you're listening to music that makes you stand tall in your body but doesn't make you harden over and doesn't make you shrink, mm-hmm. do more of that. And for me, what I'm personally starting to really learn is there's a lot of that in theology of the body. There's a lot of that just standing your sacred ground, not shrinking, not hardening over, but just standing. Like look into the music or the, the conversations or the resources that has you there. You're spitting straight Thomas Aquinas and Aristotle right now. Oh, snap. So. Well, the, the idea of, of virtue is often mm-hmm. a mean between two extremes. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking mm-hmm. about sexuality, like the virtue is, is, is chastity, like sexual integrity and 
healthy sexuality, mm-hmm. but then on the excess of that is lust. Mm-hmm. But there's also a deficiency of that with this, is like this shame right, and prudishness. Right. Prudishness. That's hard. And, and it's it. hard, said, hard to say. <laughs> um, and I think it's easy to swing from one to the other mm-hmm. is I had this experience of lust and so now I'm going to be mm-hmm. or I had this experience of prudishness. Right. I grew up in a super aggressive household. Now I swing to the other end of mm-hmm. lust and finding mm-hmm. that that middle ground in, in and this works for like any of the virtues. Mm-hmm. Just Hardcore. to clarify, chastity is for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just using your body in the way it's meant to be used according yes. to your vocation. Yeah. So you. it doesn't mean abstinence, mm-hmm. not having sex. It means using your sexual body the way it's supposed to be. Yes. Used. Thank you. Yeah. Purity, maybe. Uncrumpling more... the painting. Mm, yeah. Girl. I switched switch into. Full circle. Yes. I switched into theology teacher no, it's jargon okay. sometimes. So I'm it's glad just you one of those words that. People we say it a lot and yeah. people think it means yeah. not having sex. Yeah. But it's right. like, no, we're all, we all have that as a part of our life, whether we're married yeah, or not. Yeah. You know, so. Importante. Mm-hmm. So um, what else? We don't have too much more time here, but what, what else about this song? Uh, like you, let's say you have little cousin, little daughter, mm. yourself when you're young, um, a young, a uh, younger brother or, your, or uh, a young man. What do you want them to know when they listen to this song? I think that we should listen to music that, or, or just consume media, like what you're talking about, Angelica, like really surrounding ourselves, engulfing ourselves in positive and, and, and things that build us up in, in a healthy way. Like we should be, um, you know, we're sponges and we should be soaking up things that help us love other people well. And this song doesn't do that. I think like, yeah, as long as I would, I would try to help them see, okay, is the song empowering or is she stepping on others? to try to be empowered because real empowerment means you don't have to step on somebody right like right. there's mm-hmm. enough room for all of us right. right so if you're really empowered you don't have to worry about being threatened by mm-hmm. anybody else yes. or whatever so yeah. it's like you know um think about that and i don't know for me mm-hmm. i'm just like party b just want to be your friend mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and like hug. teach you about catholicism a little mm-hmm. bit more and if you need um, a producer yeah <laughs> need a guitarist mm-hmm. need a but, we can make this happen Cardi. it's one of those things where i don't know we should just be praying for them you know it's easy yeah. to be like oh she's awful but that doesn't really help anything so like let's see her for the person that god made her mm-hmm. she is still a human being and like uh she may be doing or making music that's could be a little bit (laughs) better but but what you just were almost touching on there a second ago or what you did is uh she she is more than what like the extreme capitalism in our society wants her to be she's more than a brand she's more than than the millions of jobs that rely on her brand Mm -hmm. she's a person she's a person yeah I think the only thing I would say, which I don't love critiquing other artists, but the thing I would say if I was actually like looking at my daughter or cousin is, mm. is when I read these lyrics, I, I hear sex as a game mm. and that is not what you want in sex. And right. the best sex is the sex that is a gift giving mutually and there's no games. So that's all I would just say. Sure, listen to it, but just hear the game in it. Hear the game. Hear the power play, because you don't want that. It's a, it comes with a cost when you use yeah. it as a game. Mm-hmm. So. Well, the good news is that uh, this has uh, only mildly been scarring for me to have this conversation with and right next to my sister. <laughs> I didn't say anything weird, did I? 
Server That's what she's talking about, folks. That's what she's talking about. So I think what I, what I was going to say is very much along those lines is that so much of this is about good sex. Now you pick up Cosmo, it's like 693 right. ways to have good sex. Like real good sex it's comes a from a good relationship. Mm comes from real intimacy yes. and in our society the only sexual guideline the only sexual more is that it has to be consensual consent is the only rule about sex that our society holds two people consent and two consenting adults mm. then anything goes and i think that's why people see that can see this song as empowering and the church has like such a higher bar than that like if you think of the marriage vows you know come here freely totally to, to be faithful to you uh, and to be open to children like it's so much more than that yes it, it has to be consensual because it has to be free but consent means more than just you wanna sure you wanna sure mm-hmm. but it's more than that because consent comes from knowing the person like yeah. you know when you sign a contract mm-hmm. it's not real consent by law if it's not informed consent Right? If you're not informed about what you're getting yourself into, and if you just met a person, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You're bonding your body to them. Mm-hmm. Like it's impossible. If you think about it that way, it's impossible to have consensual sex with someone you just met because you don't know them. It's not informed consent. The only way to really give yourself, to really give your consent, and that's throughout. If you look at the, the next time you go to a wedding, pay attention to how many times a Catholic wedding. Pay attention to how many times to say the word consent. About the, the couple giving their consent to each other. It's part of the sacrament. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the water at baptism. It's the consent they give to each other. It's I'm gonna stand here in front of God, in front of my family, in front of your family, in front of the law, and say, I'm gonna take care of you, you're gonna take care of me, and we're gonna unite our lives together. Mm-hmm. We're gonna maybe be be bring new life into this world, new souls that will be around for eternity. Yeah. Like there's a whole nother level of consent and what it means to say. Yes. And so that's kind of what I, I would say. Again, it's not that this song shows too little. It's not that it shows too much. It's that it shows too little. It's not that yeah. it talks about mm-hmm. sex too much. It's that it talks about sex too little. And you, then when you have that understanding of sex and not that good sex comes from switching positions or wearing a wig, she talks about putting it in disguise or handcuffs, like mm-hmm. that's, that's not what makes sex good. What makes sex good is the relationship. Is the relationship good? And that's what I would want them to know. I agree with you. And I love what you said, the way you correlated that also to the marriage vows in a Catholic context. And, you know, I had to field that question so many times when I worked in the office of marriage and family life for the diocese of Toledo. It's like, why can't I write my own vows? It's like, cause you don't know what you want. You don't know what you need. Like the church is trying to protect you. The church is trying to love you and make sure that the person you're marrying and make sure that you are really ready for what this actually is. I didn't and, write my own baptism, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And write my own mass. Yeah. So, there it uh, well, is. Well, I just want to say thank you, um, uh, especially to the women for being here to provide a perspective yeah, that I know uh, it's great <laughs> um, and something that can be very personal. And uh, thank you for being here with your sister. So, <laughs> yeah. um, if you have thoughts, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> if you have thoughts, will there be a place in the comments where people can share their thoughts? And yeah, absolutely. Sort of uh, there'll be show notes. We'll include the link to the good news about sex and marriage mm-hmm. that Laura mentioned. We'll include that in the description as well. Um, and Maybe we'll include the couple to couple league. Sure, we can include that. In case anybody's interested in learning about natural family planning, Mm -hmm. you can search there to find if there's a teaching couple in your area or just there's other options for classes. Awesome. Is there anywhere online people can find you? Are you a a Twitterer? Do you want to throw that out there? Do you tweet? I'm 
I am on Twitter, but you don't have I haven't been on there in a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on Facebook so, if you want to it's be a boring my friend. Account, you ahead, but I'm not that exciting. <laughs> Angelica, is there anywhere uh, people should find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram as Jelica Musica. She's got some music she's getting ready to release. I sure do. Awesome. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Nick, where can they find you? I mean... Everyone, uh, Awaken Catholics uh, accounts, Awaken Catholic, Awaken Catholic, and then also at Nick and Alina. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. Cool. I'm Mike Tenney. You can find me at PK Mikey T or at Mike Tenney music.com. If you want to support Awaken Catholic and the shows that you're viewing here and that we're making, you can go to awakencatholic.org slash donate and you can make a one-time donation or recurring donation. And that makes everything that you see here possible. You can also... Uh, help us out by going to the Hallow app. The Hallow is an app that helps you pray. My wife uses it every night. It's been awesome for her prayer life. I've started to use it a little bit too. And you can, it's a free app, but you can get a free month of premium if you go to uh, hallow.app slash awaken. You can get to that through our website as well. So definitely check that out. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. See you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.